Are you ready to hear God's word this morning? Awesome. Well, my name is Pastor Bo. I'm the youth pastor here at Benville Community Church. So quick little plug. Um, if you're a seventh grader to a senior in high school and you're not connected anywhere, um, or if you're a parent of a seventh grader to a senior in high school, we would love for you to, thanks guys, we'd love for you to get connected here at BCC. Uh, we meet uh, Wednesday nights, 6.30 to 8, Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. Uh, community group, um, and also Sunday nights. So we'd love for you to join us for that. So this morning we're continuing our series of uh, path-making practices. And to start that, we're going to read from Proverbs chapter 4, verses 25 through 27. We've been reading this uh, passage together throughout the past few weeks, and we're going to continue that today. So if you're willing and able, uh, stand with us as we read God's Word together. And read this with me. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. You may be seated. This is week four of Pathways, creating well-worn paths for life in Christ. And as we've learned through this series, in order for us to keep our feet from following evil, in order for us to take the straight path, we have to have these pathways that we follow. And Pastor Jenny has showed us this image the past few weeks, and we're going to show that again today. And this is, this is uh, you know, wagons had been going on this trail over and over constantly, and it created these, these pathways in the road. And so now, if a wagon tried to go off track, they would fall right back into those pathways. And the reality is that we all have these pathways that we follow. We all have them, but the sad reality is, is that they're not all towards a life in Christ. I think we all have pathways that we follow, but they're not all in a life that is gearing towards Christ. I think that, you know, a, another way to look at this is just thinking about habits that we form in our lives. We all form habits, and let's be honest, we all probably have a few bad habits that we want to kick. And in about a month, I'd say that we'll start kicking them, right? January 1, we'll start doing it. But until then, you're, good, you're free to do whatever. No, that's not true. You're not free to do whatever bad habits you want. But, but yeah, in about a month, that's when we decide, okay, we'll start kicking our bad habits. But, but that is what a habit is. It's these pathways that have been so ingrained in our brain that it's hard to go away from them. And when we try, we fall right back into it. So the question is, 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 do we have these pathways that are towards a life in Christ, or do we have these pathways that are towards something else that we don't want? And, and I think that, you know, what we're learning in this series is that from the beginning, God has been shaping and forming a people after his own heart. God has been shaping and forming a people after his own heart. So God is wanting to shape and form us for these pathways that lead towards Christ. So if we follow those pathways, if we do these things that we've talked about the past three weeks and that we talk about today, then we are going to be on this pathway towards a life in Christ. So how can we be shaped and formed today? Through this series, the first week, Pastor Jenny talked about liturgy, this old church word that we hear a lot. And we talked about how liturgy is all around us. 
It's not just something that happens in church, but there's liturgy in all of our lives, and this liturgy is something that shapes and forms our lives every day. So it's about being aware of what liturgy is shaping and forming your life. And then the second week, we talked about church. We talked about this gathered body of believers. We talked about how important it is to gather together, uh, you know, weekly. And we gather around a table, and we gather around the table of Christ. And then last week, Pastor Jenny talked about the church calendar. We talked about this calendar that we orient our lives around. And there's a secular calendar that a lot of us know well that we orient our lives around, but can we know the church calendar? Can we know the story of God and let our lives be oriented around the story of God? And that leads really, good, really well into this week. Because last week was all about uh, you know, the, the yearly rhythms that we practice, this yearly calendar that we practice. And this week we're talking more about, we're zooming in a little bit, and we're going to talk about the weekly rhythms that we practice. We're talking about Sabbath today. The Hebrew word is Shabbat, and it literally means to rest. We're talking about rest. And so if you have your Bibles with you, you can turn to the book of Genesis, and you're going to be, you're going to be in uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. And as we get ready to read this scripture, I do want to make a a quick uh, uh, caveat to this message. I think when we think of the word Sabbath and when we hear messages on Sabbath, sometimes we can think it's anti-work. Like we could think that I'm up here and I'm telling you to be lazy and not to do anything. This message isn't an excuse to be lazy. It's not a message that's an excuse to not work. Because I believe that God worked hard, and so we should work hard. Jesus was a carpenter for a lot of his life, so we should work hard. But I think that we live in a culture where the balance between work and rest has been skewed and that we don't have a healthy relationship between the two. And so there is another message for another day all about work and what biblical work looks like and what it looks like to work within God's story. But this message today is about what rest looks like and what it looks like to rest in God. So Genesis chapter 2 verses 1 through 3 reads like this. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Let's pray. Lord, we we meet you in this place. We meet your spirit in this place today. I pray that these words won't be mine, but they will be your words that you speak through me. I pray that our hearts will be open, that our ears will be open to hear, and our eyes will be open to see what you have for us this morning. We love you, Lord. Amen. John Mark Comer is a pastor in Portland, Oregon. I'm a big fan of his, and he's got a book called Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And in this book, he says this, I feel hurried. Like I'm tearing through each day, so busy with life that I'm missing out on the moment. And what is life but a series of moments? How many of us can relate to that today? We feel like we're so busy with life, we're so busy going from one thing to the next that we miss out on the moments that make up our life. 
And like I said, we live in a culture that is so geared towards what we can do, what we can produce, what we can be more of. And I think if we live our life like that, then we will wake up one day and realize that we've passed our whole life by, we've missed the moments that make up our life, just always trying to do more, be more, go to the next thing, and one day we realize that we've missed so much of what life is. I think that a lot of us, just to keep up, we have to work after hours, we have to work overtime, and we don't get paid for it, we just have to do it. And that's just to meet the bare minimum that's required of us. I think we've, we've got ourselves in this cycle where we're constantly hurrying, we're constantly going to the next thing. We are restless people. And today I want to ask, is that you? Ask yourself, ask your soul, am I restless? Am I hurried in life? Do I ever take a second and slow down and just appreciate what's around me? I think a lot of us, that's no. I think a lot of times for me, that would be no. And that's why today we're talking about this Sabbath practice. We're talking about this practice that can bring restfulness back into our lives, can bring life back into our lives. It's a pathway, it's a pathway practice that we can do and we can continue to do week in and week out. God has given us this gift of Sabbath. And today as we get ready to, to, to go into the scripture, I pray that you will recognize that and that you will learn to accept, receive, and practice this Sabbath day. So we're going to look back at this book of Genesis real quick. And we're going to look back at uh, verse 3 specifically. And in this verse 3, uh, God, says, God says something that I want us to really look at. God says, he says that, or it says, Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. God blessed the seventh day, and then he made the seventh day holy. Let's look at those two words, blessed and holy, for one second. The, the word blessed in this, in this passage, the Hebrew word is barak. It's barak. And barak is the Hebrew word for blessed, and in this specific context, it means the life-giving ability to make more life. Barak is the life-giving ability to make more life. And this isn't the first time that Barak is used in this, even in this story. He, this is the third time it's been used. The first time was in reference to uh, living creatures, so animals. And then the second time was towards humans. God Baraked humans. And then the third time, God Baraks a day. He Baraks the Sabbath. And I think it's so easy when we think about this definition, the life-giving ability to create more life. Like, we can see that in animals and humans. Like, we can create more life, and we can also create things from the earth. We can create uh, things from the materials that make up the earth. But how do we apply that to a day? How do we apply this life-giving ability to a set of 24 hours within the week? I think that God has gifted us these 24 precious hours, and he has blessed these hours to be life-giving. They can be life-giving in the world, but God has also gifted us the Sabbath so that we might be refilled with life ourselves. I think that we all, week in and week out, we can come to a point where we are drained, where we are empty, and the Sabbath is a gift from God 
where he says, stop working for a day and just come to me and be refilled with life. Find rest. Don't be so hurried. Just take a second and live within what God has. So God gives us this 24-hour period where we can be filled with life again. So God baracked the seventh day, but he didn't just stop there. God also made this day holy. It says that God made the Sabbath a holy day. And the Hebrew word here for holy is kadash. Say that with me, kadash. The kadash is the word for holy that God uses here. And there's something really cool about the usage of this word in this specific spot. And that says the first time it's been used in the Bible. This is the first time that holy has been, has been said in the Bible so far. And what does God make holy? Before he makes any place holy, before he makes the Ark of the Covenant, before he makes a temple holy, before he makes anything else holy, he makes time holy. He makes time holy, and specifically these 24 hours that is the Sabbath, he makes it holy. And don't miss the importance of that. Don't miss the importance that before God made anything else holy, he made time holy. And I think that we don't see the Sabbath as something that is holy. I mean, and that's, I'm not judging because that's me too. Like, I don't always see the Sabbath as something that's holy. I don't protect it as a holy thing. I think we can abuse it. We can ignore it. But if we truly saw it as what it is, as something that is blessed by God and made holy by God, I think we would put more importance on it. And so today, that's what I'm here to tell you, that the Sabbath is a blessed day and it is a holy day that has been gifted to us by God. And I hope that we can start to practice that today. I think that, you know, we, we spend the Sabbath, or a lot of us probably just call it a day off on the weekend. I think that for a lot of us, we can spend that day, and in, in what we do is we don't rest, but we do all the things that we don't get paid for right? So it's like you're working all day, and so throughout the week, your house is getting a little bit more messy. Dishes are piling up. The bed hasn't been made. There's a pile of laundry on the floor, and you're just, you're just waiting, 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 and then Saturday or Sunday comes around, and you say, finally, I get a day off. And this isn't a personal, this isn't me and Hannah by any means, so don't think that. Um, this is just, I'm just off the top of my head. But so on, on this day off, you know, we wake up and we clean the house and we put all the laundry in and then we do the dishes and then we go grocery shopping and then we come back, the groceries sit on the floor for a while, then we finally decide to put them up. And then after all of this is over, we say, okay, like what should, we should reward ourselves with something. Let's go to the mall, right? And then we go shopping. And that is our Sabbath, right? Or I say Sabbath, that is our day off. And I think for a lot of us, that's what we do is we have a Sabbath-ish day. We have a day that might be a little bit more restful than a day of work, but it's not restful by any means. Because I forgot to mention that after you go shopping, you come home and you sit down and you watch Friends for about four hours, and then you fall asleep on the, again, this is not me and Hannah, but you fall asleep on the couch till about 5 a.m., and then you go crawl in bed, then you wake up in a couple hours and get the day started. Uh, I don't know who that is. That's just a random story. But, and let's be honest, we don't really wake up the most rested after a day like that. 
And, and I'm not trying to be a legalist here. I'm not here to tell you if you don't Sabbath right, then you don't get to make it into heaven. That's not what I'm here to say. I'm not telling you how to spend your weekend. I'm not telling you what to do on your Sabbath. But I am saying is I don't think that we have a healthy relationship with this day of rest. And I'm here to say that God has gifted us something good, and I pray that we can learn to use it well and to treat it how God has meant it to be treated. Because the same way we rush through our lives, I think we can view the Sabbath not as a day to get away and worship, but as a day to catch up. And there is a better way to live our life. There's a better way to live the Sabbath. And so if you haven't been doing it, that's okay. I'm not here to shame you, but I'm saying there's a better way. There's a better way that we can follow. There's better practices that we can do. Think back for, for just a moment. Think back to the last time that you completed a, a big project. At home or, or at work, you just, you've been working all month on this thing, and you finally got it done. Uh, you've been working on this, this big thing, you know, a big construction project at home, and it's finally done. What's the first thing you do? You sit down and you just look at what you did, and for just a few moments of bliss, you just say, it looks awesome. You just delight in what you've done. You've been working all month on a project at work, and you finally get it done, and for a few seconds, you get to just sit back and just be happy and delighted in what you've done and that you're finished doing it. I think that we all have those moments in our life, and I think that we are hardwired to seek those moments. We are hardwired to find moments of delight in our life. But again, in the culture we live in, we've, I think that we've come to the point where the only way we can experience those moments is by working harder, doing more, always going to the next thing until we finally have those few moments of bliss, those few moments of true and honest delight. But what I'm here to say is that God has gifted you 24 hours a week to experience that. You don't have to work harder. You don't have to do more. You don't have to push yourself day in and day out to experience a few seconds because God has given you 24 hours to experience it. And it's not because of anything we do. We are called to work, and I believe that. But we get this Sabbath day. God doesn't make the Sabbath contingent on what we do, how much we get done. God says the seventh day is a day where we stop and we rest and we worship God no matter what that week looked like, no matter if you feel like you didn't get much done, if you messed up a lot, if you have more work to do, God says, just stop, rest, and worship me. We need to get away from this, this, this idea that we have to accomplish more, we have to do more, we have to be more. We don't. It's not in our power that we do anything. And I think the Sabbath is a day to be reminded of that as well. The Sabbath is a day to be reminded that it's not about what we can do, how much we can produce, what we can achieve. It's about who God is and this rhythm of grace that God has gifted us. And so I, I, I hope that in those moments you, you, can, you can see that bliss, you can feel that, that, that idea, that sense of delight. You can remember that and then let that be saying, man, I want the Sabbath. I want to spend 24 hours feeling like that. I want to spend my day feeling like that all the time. I don't want to have to work for months, work for, for, for years to feel a few seconds of this. I want to feel it all the time. God has given us 24 
valuable, blessed, holy hours. And I think that we, like I said, we, we seek that feeling. And in another way that we could say it is this, you, maybe you've heard it before, we talk about these holy, or these thin places in our world. We talk about thin places where heaven meets earth, and in those moments, it's so evident, the power of God. You, it's so evident to delight in what God is doing in those thin moments. But I think that a lot of times we rely on other people to make those. Like we want to rush through our whole week and we rely on, on our pastors to make these thin places in our life. And while we do want to make a, a space where you can encounter God and experience what God has for you, also I want you to know that God has gifted you 24 hours to experience a thin place, to experience a place where heaven is meeting earth and you can delight in the goodness of God. I mean, with how much time you spend outside of the church versus inside of the church, I sure hope you experience God other places than just in this building. I hope that you experience these thin places all throughout your life. And if you haven't, this is a great practice in order to maybe feel those and experience those moments. This is a great practice to start. The Sabbath is a day where God has created so that we can experience these moments. And God has given us so many opportunities to say yes to rest. The Sabbath is an opportunity to say yes to rest. And just for a moment, I want to talk about the opposite of that. I want to talk about what the Sabbath looks like as a day to say no. And, and this is another sermon all of its own, so buckle in. We're about, going to be here for about another 40 minutes. No, I'm just playing. I, this is a sermon that could be preached on its own, and so I think one day in the future we're going to talk more about this idea of Sabbath, and within that we'll probably have a sermon dedicated to this passage and this idea. But I think God wants us to say no on the Sabbath as well. Uh, if you have your Bibles with you, turn to Deuteronomy 5, verses 12 through 15. Deuteronomy 5, verses 12 through 15. And what we're about to look at is Moses, he is repeating the Ten Commandments to, to his people. He's repeating the Ten Commandments to his people, and in Deuteronomy 5, verses 12 through 15, he's talking about the Sabbath. And he adds a little extra in there, right? He says what, what the Ten Commandments say, then he adds a little extra. So let's read this together. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your ox, your donkey, or any of your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns, so that your male and female servants may rest as you do. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. So here Moses is reminding them, he says, remember that you were slaves in Egypt. And, and why would that be important, especially in context to the Sabbath? Why would remembering that you were a slave in Egypt be important when talking about the Sabbath day? Let's think back to the book of Exodus 
and to the Israelites being enslaved in Egypt. Pharaoh is in charge, and Pharaoh is, I mean, he is heavy. He's wanting them to do more. He's wanting them to produce more. We read about how Pharaoh takes away resources, but expects them to meet the same quota. So if he's not raising the quota, he's restricting the resources so that they do more for cheaper. This is what Pharaoh is constantly seeking more, 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 and more. And so here in this passage, Moses is telling the Israelites, he says, hey, remember, you're not a slave to that anymore. You don't have to produce more. You don't have to do more. You don't have to continue to always be more because you have been freed from that. And I think this can be a reminder for us too that we are freed from the idea of more, of constantly having to be more in our life. Pharaoh was, was heavy on them to do and be more. But Moses also says that they, they were slaves. They're not anymore. They are not slaves to Pharaoh. So we don't have to be slaves to this idea of more in our life. And this is coupled with Sabbath because it's not enough to just say yes to rest. That is important. But we have to say no to more. It's not enough to just say yes to the rest that we can experience in Sabbath, but in order to fully experience that Sabbath, in order to fully experience that rest, we have to be able to have the power and the strength to say no to more being added on our plate, to people wanting us to do something else, to people reaching out on our day of rest. We have to say no to that and let this day be a holy day that we truly experience what God has for us. And when we do this, when we say yes to rest and no to more, and when we follow these path-making practices, when we follow this path-making practice, we're starting to break the addiction that we have to accomplishment and accumulation. We have an addiction in our world to accomplishment and to accumulation. We want to be more, like that Genesis passage is what we talked about there, like we are constantly wanting to do more, to check all those boxes. We want that feeling of delight, but we feel the only way we can do it is by continually accomplishing more, continually doing the next thing, the next project. And then here in Deuteronomy, we're reminded that we're not a slave to accumulation. We don't have to continue to get more and, and to have more stuff and, and to be better and to be more. That's not what we are. That's not what we are a slave to. And so I want to remind us right now, right here, that everything I've said, this is all a practice that you're invited into. You, you aren't required to do these things. You're not, you know, we're not going to force you to Sabbath. But this is a practice that we want to invite you into. And a part of a practice is this, is that you're going to mess up. You're not going to be perfect at it. And so with this Sabbath practice, I ask that you just give it a shot. And I'm not saying you have to do all 24 hours. Start with where you are and work to where you want to be. If that's 30 minutes, Sabbath for 30 minutes, an hour, two hours, whatever you want to do, allow yourself to truly Sabbath for whatever it is. But I do ask you that if you do choose 10 minutes of a Sabbath. For those 10 minutes, I mean intentionally be with God and be resting and worshiping Him. 
It's okay if you do 10 minutes, but let those 10 minutes be true Sabbath and true rest in your life. I know for me, like, I have a hard time Sabbathing all the, always. I, 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 I do mine on Friday, and it's so easy to pull my computer out because I have a couple, you know, little things I could do real quick or, or whatever it is, and I try to stay off my phone. I try to stay off the TV during Sabbath. It doesn't always go that way. So those are just a couple things I, I try to do. I'm not even telling you I do them, but I try to stay off my phone. I try to stay off the TV. Um, so, you know, those are a couple options. If you want to try to turn your phone off, if you want to turn your TV off, if you want to close your computer, don't do any work. Um, those are some ways that you can Sabbath well on this day and truly just take a moment and delight in not only the work that you have done, but delight in the work that God is doing through you. And it's one of the most life-giving things you can do. It's one of the most life-giving practices that you can do, but it's not easy. It's hard to, to Sabbath well. I mean, you have, to, you have to make sure you have everything set aside. You know, I talked about all the chores you don't get paid for. I mean, if that is, if you, if that is work for you, if, if doing laundry is work, if, if making the bed, cleaning the house, getting groceries, if that's work for you, then the Sabbath is a day where you, you, you don't do it. Like, you don't do those things, but it's a day where you rest and you delight in the Lord. So you have to make sure all that stuff is, is set aside, is ready to go. You have to tell people at work that maybe they're used to you Always 24-7, being, being able to contact you. You have to tell your family. You have to make those plans. It takes a lot of work to be able to Sabbath well. And, and I'm telling you that it takes a lot of work, but it is so worth it. Just to soak in those holy moments that God has gifted us. It's renewing for our life, and it's renewing for our souls to have those moments. And how different would our lives look today if we took advantage of these holy moments? Would we be better friends, better spouses? Would we be better parents? If we took advantage of these holy moments, if we took advantage of these path-making practices, I think they would leak into every part of our life. We'd be more patient. We'd be more kind. We'd be more full of joy, and we'd be able to delight in the world better. This is what we are invited into today. We're invited into a life that looks more like Jesus. We're invited into a life that is full of these thin places where we see heaven meeting earth, and we are able to see the goodness of God, and we're able to delight in that goodness with no other distractions surrounding us. It's just you and you being able to delight in what God has for you. I know one place for me that I, again, I, I try. I'm not 100% perfect. I would say 1 out of 10. I, I try to wake up early, try, and see the sunset. And for me, that's a moment where I see it's a thin place. I see the goodness of God. I, I have my little pour over, so I wake up in the morning. I take my coffee beans um, out of my airtight canister and I put them in the grinder, I grind them up, and then I pre-wet the filter, and then I pour the coffee beans in there, and then I have my scale, and I pour out usually 25 grams of coffee to 400 grams of water. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of Kenyan, and so I have this Kenyan coffee that I just made fresh pour over. I uh, can't get any fresher. 
and I take that in my Onyx mug, my Onyx coffee in my Onyx mug, in my Onyx sweatshirt, and I take that outside onto the deck, and I plug in the Christmas lights. I know it's morning time, I unplug those. And then I just sit down, and I just enjoy the sunset that's in front of me. I just enjoy the goodness that I see in God in that moment. In that moment, you can't get any more pure of a moment with God. I delight in what's in front of me, and I also delight in what's in my hand, that nice cup of coffee. I mean, how many people work to make that cup of coffee a reality? And it's right there. It's crazy. So all the way from Kenyan, Kenya. Uh, so it's awesome. But anyway, I didn't mean this was supposed to be a more serious moment, and I just kind of derailed from that. But still, Sabbath is something that we can experience in our lives every single day. We can find these moments of rest in our life. But God also dedicated a 24-hour period, a real 24-hour period of holy and blessed time. And so today I pray that you will recognize that and that even if it's 10 minutes, I pray that you will work towards finding these moments of Sabbath in your life, that you will take whatever that time is and you will Sabbath truly. And, and, and I'll be honest, like, I think the idea is that we all work up to a place where we are able to Sabbath for 24 hours. If that's not where you're at, that's okay. Start with where you are, and you're going to mess up, and you're going to make mistakes, and you're not going to do it perfect, but start with where you are and work to where God wants you to be. So as we close this morning, uh, worship band, you can come on up. I should have already said that. Um, as we close this morning, I want to read these words from Jesus out of the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus is inviting you to find rest today. Jesus is inviting you to find rest in him today. Real rest. Rest that's unhurried. Rest that is holy and rest that is blessed. It rhymes. God wants us to find real rest in our lives today. And I pray that you will start to do that. You are invited into this practice of Sabbath today. You're invited into Sabbathing more in your life. Jesus is inviting you into this practice that will be life-giving for your, for your soul. So please, please, even if it's just a few moments a day, a few moments just for those few moments, Sabbath, real and Sabbath truly. Pray with me. God, we love you. We thank you, God, for, for the gifts that you have given us, for these rhythms of grace in our life that you have given us. Lord, I pray that we will be open to the Sabbath day that you have gifted us, that you give to us freely as a gift. I pray that we will use it, Lord, God, that we will experience real rest in you. God, I pray that whatever's going on in our lives, Lord, I pray for just those few moments, those holy, those blessed moments, that we will be able to see you and see the way that you're working in our world, and we will be able to delight 
in those things. We love you, Lord. We thank you. Amen.